Welcome to In the Envelope, a podcast from Backstage, the number one resource for actors and talent seekers. I am your host, Jack Smart, awards editor at Backstage, and I'm here to guide you through every aspect of the entertainment industry with the help of some of your favorite stars. These intimate, inspirational conversations with today's most award-worthy film, television, and theater artists provide you, dear listener, advice on how to live the creative life, personal stories of success and failure alike, and maybe, just maybe, a tantalizing glimpse in the envelope. I feel like that was so not in sync. You said you said clap on the one. I clapped on the one, but you clapped on the off. But I also think there's a delay, which could be an issue, but Jamie's gonna be able to figure it out. Jamie is a superhero. Hi Jamie. Hi Jamie. I love Jamie. And well and hi Katie and hi Casey. Do you guys want to reintroduce yourselves to the podcast? Welcome. Yes. Um, hi, Casey Mink here, senior staff writer at Backstage. You've heard me before, maybe on some, I guess, Tony's banter. Either Tony's way, related, yeah, yeah, wherever, whenever it was, I was talking about Tony Shalhoub. And that's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna continue today, baby. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm Katie Menard. I'm the social media specialist at Backstage. I run all the social and I'm a I'm a big television viewer, which is why Jack asked me to be here. Very big, um, yeah. Yes. And you heard me recently. Yes, indeed. Um, we, I'm so happy to have you both back and both here for a hopefully as unstructured as we want conversation <laughs> um, about the Emmy nominations, which were released. We're recording this today, July 28th. But um, I would love to pick your guys' brain because it is an exciting day. Uh, Right off the bat, like what were some of the nominations that made you the most excited, gratified, like satisfied? Like what were the emotions and what were those nominations? Um, okay, so I just like two weeks ago watched in a single day 14 episodes of Dead to Me. Um, yes. That's how to do it. That's I, how that show is meant to be viewed. It's so, <laughs> it's so fresh and I just loved it so much. And those two ladies, Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini, are so magical together and in that show and i really it's one of those things where you never know with nominating bodies how two nominees in the same category will Mm. pan out you know it's like there's very frequently a cancel a canceling out and i kind of expected one or even neither um but very happy to see that both of them are in there i think they're just so great me too totally yeah i was i was really happy to see both of them it's such a good point about the double nominees in one category thing, because it's sort of more common in supporting categories mm-hmm. where there's likely more nominees. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's more contenders. Frankly, there are just fewer leading actors inherently in any show. Right. So when you see two who are both from the same show in the same category, it does mean that for, yeah, for the win, that both Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini have a, a less of a chance of winning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's unavoidable, I think. But that's kind of a common a common theme in these, in these nominees this year. I mean, I feel like there were a lot of shows that really came out with huge showings and thus it's just inevitable that there's going to be a lot of 
sort of inner category nominating. Like Succession has about three a, a billion <laughs> in every category. So yeah, three supporting actors and two two leads, three. two leads and two leading actors and a supporting actress. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really. I mean, I, I guess I kind of jumped the gun, but like obviously Succession is <laughs> is huge this year and I would be very shocked if I didn't walk away with a ton of wins well and Katie I believe you called it this year's Game of Thrones (laughs) (laughs) yeah well I mean this year is for drama especially is really exciting because it's the first besides that one off year um it's the first post Game of Thrones Emmys and I think that really opens up the drama category especially um this year and that's that's really exciting i don't love when the emmys just continuously awards the same (laughs) shows Mm -hmm. over and over again because there are so many good ones and it just Mm -hmm. feels like so many get overlooked forever so having sort of that new year to to probably get whoever's gonna reign for a while is really exciting (laughs) and i hope it's i hope and i think it's gonna be succession based especially on these nominees yeah, the, they had a really strong showing. Ozark technically uh, right. netted yeah. more nominations. Um, Which is crazy. But we can talk, We got. I got to ask you both about the Netflix factor too, but were there any other kind of gut reaction takeaways? Yes, I will say because it is the most nominated property, I believe, um, Watchmen yes. deserves yes. every, I'm actually rewatching it right now because it's so Amazing. dense and I need, and I need to watch it again. It gets more relevant every day. It's absolutely <laughs> insane. It's <laughs> I'm like, I'm love, I mean, I loved it the first time, but I'm loving it even more the second time because it's just, it's one of the greatest things maybe ever made. And I'm so glad, like the, it was, it's also perfect Emmys fodder. I mean, it has all of these frequently Emmy nominated and winning components. Mm. I mean, Regina King is what, a two-time Emmy winner at this point. Damon Lindelof. Yeah. Yeah. Three, like crazy. I would be so thrilled if it was number four for her though, like career best. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So yeah, that was another yeah. one that I was very happy about. That show rewards rewatching for, for sure. Yeah. sure. I was also happy to see Jeremy Pope, uh, just because I love him. Yeah, <laughs> I love him. I love that he's had his television breakthrough. He was my favorite part mm. about Hollywood. Cool. Um, and I-, I was very happy to see him. And that's that's a totally like I could see him winning. So yeah so clearly it's such a i think it's such a perfect emmy story it's very much on the darren chris arc you know Mm -hmm. the the broadway guy who does the ryan Ryan murphy Murphy. track murphy (laughs) exactly it's the ryan the broadway to ryan murphy track (laughs) (sighs) oh man totally well i mean my my biggest takeaway well not my biggest takeaway my actually my biggest factor going into today was how just how much is netflix going to (laughs) dominate Yeah. I knew it would. And I would love to ask you both about like, do you do we all think that Netflix has become even more of kind of a go-to source for content in the age of lockdown, of like quarantine mm. viewing? Oh, yeah. Which could account for why it has so many nominations. Yeah, I mean, I as I said- 160. I watched 14 episodes of Dead to Me in one day because <laughs> it was a weekend day and it was- raining outside and what else can I do because it's quarantine and I mean just the ease with which you can watch something on Netflix from the second you sign on to just keep watching it I'm actually (laughs) astounded that more platforms and networks haven't copied just 
the actual interface and the the viewing experience on Netflix is like half of why right. I watch it. The other the other factor for me for my go-to quarantine viewing, I don't know about you guys, has been Disney Plus. And mm. so what I was going to say about the Emmys going into it was I was just curious to see. This is our first year of Apple TV Plus yeah. and our first year of Disney Plus, which are these new streaming services that have kind of entered the fray, which I know, Katie, yeah. you wanted to talk about Dickinson. <laughs> Poor Dickinson. Ugh. Poor Dickinson. I I was not <laughs> hopeful because I rarely am okay. with the shows that I personally really love. And to the uh-huh. Emmys, um, they have not rewarded me in the past, but I thought that they had a little bit of momentum coming off of the Peabody Awards. So I I was holding out hope. Yeah. So I'm not too shocked, but I'm I'm disappointed. Sure, <laughs> I figured that good, the morning yeah. show was going to be the Apple TV I mean, showing for sure. But I, I think Dickinson is the stronger <laughs> showing. They really totally. put a lot of eggs in the morning show basket. Well, they did, and it, and yet it did not pay off with the best drama series exactly. nomination. Tons yeah. of acting nominations, tons, um, but nothing for. Mythic Quest and Dickinson and almost nothing for Defending Jacob. But that brings me to the Disney Plus factor. The Disney Mandalorian. Plus my go-to quarantine <laughs> viewing. And The Mandalorian did break into drama shocked. series and got 15 is, nominations. It, that's I was crazy shocked. 15. That ties that's SNL. Crazy. That's shocking. Because it gets all of the, it gets so many technical categories. Right. And best Do you think drama. that that is in some way the new sort of proxy for the Game of Thrones vote because it's sort of of that ilk. Oh. Which is to say I didn't watch it, but it's not my <laughs> I it's was not my style. really impressed and by it. But I'm sure I'm a Star Wars fan, so right. I don't know. Yeah. I never thought of it Same. as being a best drama contender, even though I was like, this is really good. And it's kind of the best Star Wars movie in a while. And I think a lot of fans think that. But it felt very yeah, it's its own thing. Fandom and not as much like mainstream drama. Totally, totally. Like I would consider this cinematography mm. or maybe the action editing to be super prestige. But for the most part, I wasn't considering it a serious contender for drama series, which just goes to show, I guess, how much of the Television Academy's membership is is streaming what? Right. Which I think speaks to like the larger industry trend of like there's so much content and now increasingly there are platforms on which, I guess platforms that can purchase that acquire that content and yeah. distribute it. So we're, we're in this golden age, but sometimes, I don't know about you guys, I, it's a little stressful. No, for sure, <laughs> for sure. And, and, and where to right, see it. Right, exactly. Yeah. And it's like at this point, something on HBO, I will always, I will always start it at least, and I'll decide if maybe I don't like it. But generally speaking, like I will watch every HBO, I watch every HBO miniseries yeah. because the track record is just that sterling, and I know that they're producing content that is, you know, at that tier, and they just have such a clear, they just have such a clear point. identity, and I think that a lot of these streamers down the line are going to have to figure it out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That's not really something I thought of. Do you guys consider Hulu to have an identity in that way? I totally do. You think about Rami, which was nominated for what twice? Mm -hmm. Was it nominated for best series too? Okay, so twice, still great. Whatever. I mean, there's shows like Rami and Shrill and Pen Fifteen. I think of those as like the young creators. You know what okay. I mean? I think it's like yeah. a nurturing environment for younger offset creators. And then now yeah. they have that FX partnership. So there's uh-huh. like 
the Mrs. America, right. which aligns really well with like Handmaids. Mm. Um, oh, of course, Handmaids. So I think they have that. Yeah, it's like they have those those <laughs> comedy. The comedy lane is really clear for me for Hulu. Yeah, and then gotcha. I think they're trying to follow in the Handmaids' footsteps since that's basically their most successful i would say original programming prestige and the fx partnership makes a lot of sense in that way yeah yeah well speaking of the fx partnership (laughs) great segue to what i want to talk about which is rose byrne not getting a nomination shocked (laughs) and i am sad isn't that isn't that an example of there are far too many well, contenders exactly. in one category? But I mean, her three of her co-stars and were nominated. Literally, exactly. And I don't. It's like I don't. I'm surprised don't by the ones de- that were nominated. I don't want to denigrate the other Mrs. America cast's performances. Like I think Tracy Ullman was phenomenal in her episode of Mrs. America, but Rose Byrne held down that freaking four opposite Kate Blanchett. Well, not opposite because their characters never met. But I don't know. I just think that I w- it was right. an egregious The role lent snub. itself more, I think, material-wise. And you know what? Props to, to the Emmys for not yeah. always giving of the flashier role the nomination. But mm-hmm. in this case, I think that the performance was absolutely worthy of a nomination. And I am sad. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, she's the first the first name out of everyone's mouth that I've talked to about Mrs. America. Thank you. Is Rose Byrne. Thank yeah. you for that personal compliment to me. Not just Casey, <laughs> other people. <laughs> <laughs> Including myself. It really is a beautiful oh. show and so like nuanced. Oh. It Casey, it totally stretch it scratches our uh, madman. Thank you for, for sure. saying that. I could oh not. Oh my god, I'm also a madman stan. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Are- yes, and it has John Slattery, so it's actually pretty cognitive. It's very direct. It's- oh my god, I yeah, didn't even totally. think about that. Yeah, it really, it does sort of take the torch from Mad Men, and it's all about, it's as much about what is not being said as what is, and just a weird flicker mm-hmm. of the eyebrow and that sort of thing that I just go <laughs> ape shit for. And very episodic, too. Mm-hmm. Which I love, too. too. That lends itself well to the miniseries format. Yeah. yeah. That was a beautiful Loved show. It. The other thing about the, like, lamenting someone not getting nominated because so many of their co-stars are like in competition with them thing is that the Emmys did change the rules this year that if there are a certain number of submissions per actor who's up for consideration that they would expand each acting category to up to eight nominees but looking at the list I can only see one two three four five yeah so there's only been three categories that did open up all the way to eight, and those were all the supporting mm. categories for uh, comedy and drama. So not right. enough for the limited series. Ugh. That's like the same thing that the Tonys did too, <laughs> where they expand to one extra person if like the final two are within. I never understand this stuff. All I know is Rose Byrne should have a freaking Emmy nomination today. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing I feel like for most award shows, there's always people that we lament not being included and we're always bummed. But I think especially for the Emmys, yeah. There's just so much that people have because to be think about how in. many more contenders there are at the Emmys than there are for the Oscars or the Tonys when there are, you know, it's, there are many yeah. Oscar eligible films every year, but you can't even compare that number to the number of TV shows because there are new ones every year in addition to the returning ones. Right. Oh, and that's a tricky thing too. the the notion of when you sit down as a voter, are you voting for someone? Because as Katie mentioned, there is kind of a grandfathered in approach with the a trend yes. with the Emmys yes. sometimes. 
Um, I'm not saying Julia Louis. I'm the first person to say Julia Louis Dreyfus deserved every single one oh, of her yes. Emmys yeah. to be. But don't you think there's also an element of when somebody sits down to vote for leading actress in a comedy and hasn't seen the most recent season of Veep, they might just assume, well, she's giving the same level of performance, it's the same level of material, and, and just go for it again That's why I think again. this this year's Emmys is actually a kind of exciting year because we don't have these really looming shows in the same way that we have in the past. I mean, Mrs. Maisel is still up there, of course, but it didn't sweep last mm-hmm. year because of Fleabag, but now Fleabag is out of right. contention. Mm-hmm. And Game of... I mean, I think it's an interesting season, and we're seeing... That's why we're seeing a lot of sophomore shows actually have a really great mm. turnout. I mean, Rami, not sophomore, but Insecure is back up there in competition, which, yeah. I mean, I'm into that. I'm excited about the shows that are, like, in that finally finished. Well, not finally, but... Because the Emmys does have a little mm. bit of a track record of rewarding shows that they've overlooked their entire run until their last season. True. Uh, oh, yeah. Or certain performances. So I'm really watching in comedy, like, Shit's Creek. Yeah. And kind of The Good yeah. Place, but I think it's more of Shit's Creek's year of, like, this is the last time mm. we can give them something. Yeah. Right. And the other thing I wanted to point out about Mrs. Maisel, I know we are so Mrs. Maisel we magazine. We are literally Mrs. Maisel. Like, <laughs> in our heads... We t- we cover them so much because it's so like backstagey, and of course we all love it. But this is only the third year that Maisel is Emmy eligible. Yep. In our heads, I feel like it's been winning awards for years because it wins so many awards at every single award show. SAG, Critics Choice, I mean Golden Globes. Mrs. Maisel, I can't believe it's only the third year. I know, I know. But I mean, it truly didn't win that many last year. I mean, it, I think it was Tony Shalhoub and Alex Borstein, and right. no one else. And we kind of forget because it was such a huge sweep that first year and then it had an off year but now it's just back and everyone's like oh there's mrs mazel gonna come in and sweep everything and it's like actually it has like one best series win only one exactly right and still the most of any comedy series this year for nominations which is of course expected given their production design their costuming yeah it's just a really expensive ordeal (laughs) i've given up on trying to tally the amount of Emmy acting nominations for Maisel because there's just there's just so many. I know. I mean, between those guests and and supporting, I mean, Sterling K. Brown, an Emmy an yeah. Emmy fave, yeah. is nominated for his work on the third season of Maisel. It's like Sterling K. Brown has got to be. I I need to look this up for sure, but he's either the first or one of the first actors to ever be nominated in one of the main in two of the main acting categories. He's nominated for leading actor in a drama for This Is Us, which he has won yeah. before and supporting actor in a comedy. That's pretty rare, if not completely unheard of. I live for that kind of versatility. (laughs) Can I also point out, okay, wait, this is the other thing I I really wanted to hit this bullet point. Did you guys know Maya Rudolph is nominated twice in the same category? (gasps) Yes. That's also (gasps) very rare. Oh my God. For good place in SNL. I did a double take. (laughs) I literally just lost my breath. (laughs) I think that means she has to win. Two of her three. She's also nominated for voiceover for performance for Big Mouth. Honestly, I'm going to say, like, of the Maya Rudolph SNL years, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler get a lot of attention. <laughs> Maya Rudolph is low-key, though, the MVP of of that so era. Brilliant. And she works. Yes. Like, she is, at this point, transitioned to sort of just this working star, and it's working for her. Yeah. Where like if you need somebody really funny, you just call my call Maya Rudolph. But who can who <laughs> can also do this like really wrenching pathos and sort of dark yes. underbelly. Like she was so good in that Fred Fred Armisen <laughs> Amazon show. What was it called? 
uh, forever. Yeah. No yes. Emmy nominees for that one, but you know what? I liked it. <laughs> well, even The Good Place, like everything has sort of this existential undertone on The Good Place to a degree. Absolutely. The Good Place did, I was very pleased to see Darcy yeah. Carden and William oh. Jackson Harper, friends of the podcast. Friends of the pod. Both nominated. Friends of the pod. Woo. Yeah, I mean, we have so. <laughs> but yeah, the Maya Rudolph oh, thing. God, I love her. I love her. Because you guys know she's nominated for SNL, not for hosting. She literally for just Kamala appeared Harris. once as Kamala Harris. Oh. Isn't that amazing? I love that people <laughs> well, can just show Well, and Brad Pitt, too. Oh, I know. Oh, same thing. He didn't he, host either. He played oh, interesting. Fauci. Oh, right. He played Fauci. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I hope he wins so we can get another <laughs> very, very much not written by himself awards acceptance speech from Brad Pitt. Oh, interesting. Remember, Recent Oscar remember winner he, Brad like, Pitt, that's he right. He won his yeah. Oscar and got up there and like, just go to speak for 30 seconds, which is more time than John Bolton <laughs> got in the Senate this week. And we're like, okay, good for you. You know what? You, you're political and you won an Oscar. <laughs> Well, and what a brilliant transition to the other thing I wanted to ask you guys about, like, who would you most be excited to see give a speech? Because also recent Oscar winner Olivia Colman is, of course, not. I was going to say Olivia Colman. I mean, yeah, (laughs) I was going to say Olivia Colman. Now that you say it, what else could we what else (laughs) could we say? I think that's reason enough to vote for her is because you want to see her speech. Honestly, the leading actress in a drama, that is an insane race. Supporting actress in a drama, too. All of, I mean, all of them. Oh, the other snub that I wanted to say, though, because speaking of amazing awards acceptance speeches, this is actually a perfect segue for me to talk about my other just gripe. <laughs> one of the best Emmys acceptance speeches of all time came from one Miss Merritt Weaver, iconically... Iconic. Iconic. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I got to go by. Literally yes. perfect. A seven word Emmys acceptance speech. Best one in history, maybe. <laughs> and she <sighs> gave the performance of this year, of maybe other years. I don't even know. In, in yeah. Unbelievable. And she was not nominated. At the very least, agree. the performance of the series. At sure. least. I think. I think she her performance is what makes the series work. I 100% agree. Just yeah. the kindness of mm-hmm. that of that performance. Stunning. It's so good. And it got, yeah. I mean, the show got and, some noms yeah. and Tony Collette was nominated, but the fact that Merritt Weaver and Caitlin Deaver yeah. were both snubbed yeah. is unfortunate. Yeah. Do you guys think maybe the Emmy should introduce an ensemble category like <gasps> Seven Awards have? Yes. Jack. Mrs. America oh should win ensemble. <laughs> I was thinking it when I was watching it. Because that solves the problem. Then Rose Byrne would be nominated. No, Katie yeah. and I were talking about this literally an hour ago. And we said, truly, it, it would oh. not be hard. It would not be hard. They need to implement an ensemble category sure. in every award show, frankly. Yeah, I love that about the SAG Maybe Awards. Maybe not the sure. Oscars. That's the best part of the SAG Awards, I would say. But yeah, yeah that's. I think that's the best part of the SAG Awards. Totally, totally. And even more shows are ensemble shows, increasingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, boy, and that's the thing about Succession. You either get everybody Mm -hmm. nominated like they did this year or nobody nominated like last year. Exactly. (laughs) What else have you guys been watching recently? Not even Emmys related. Okay, no, I have it. I have. (laughs) I'm going to go. Well, (laughs) Emmys related is I'm just rewatching Drag Race. (laughs) Okay, whatever (laughs) gets nominated. Oh, that is nominated. That is Emmy relevant. Yeah. Yeah, it is twice. Well, multiple times, actually, I think in like production categories as well, but series and Rue is nominated again. Yes, that host category is epic. Yeah, it's really good. It's Nicole Byer. Nicole Byer and Queer Eye. It's great. Anyway. 
Um, I was watching right before I watched Dead to Me, and I watched all four seasons of this show in like two weeks. Um, Better Things. <gasps> yeah. Which gorgeous. Probably like one of my favorite shows of all time. God, I'm just speaking in superlatives today, but you know what? I'm tired. <laughs> Um, truly, this is the In the Envelope podcast. Superlatives are where it's at. Thank you so much. Okay, I'm going to keep going. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, Pamela Adlon, though, and Better yeah. Things, both not nominated, but perhaps one of the best shows sure. Of, sure. of this decade. I mean, I think it's just a perfect, and, you know, it's one of those comedies that also will have you sobbing into your popcorn oh, that's or whatever. the other thing. Do we need a dramedy category, perhaps? I mean, Dead to Me is not a comedy. It, no. it is simply not. I laugh. So many comedies are not a comedy anymore. I agree. I mean, How was it like yeah. insecure. I mean, right. And it's like you could put them on a scale. I guess insecure is a little funnier than dead to me, given that it's about yes. literally <laughs> death. But I know it's a slippery slope. Female friendship is devastating. It, Casey. <laughs> it, no, it is. Believe me. I know. I've got I'm chock full of it. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like, and then we get at this sort of whole broader conversation about the arbitrary nature of categorizations at what point are we going to maybe loosen our grasp on the actor actress of it all Mm -hmm. i mean maybe when we have more more trans and non-binary folks who are acting which you know whenever the hell that is let me know well speaking of trans and non-binary folk will the emmys ever nominate the trans women of pose (laughs) a great question i had myself because Uh, yeah. that's that's one of the that's one of the glaring sort of snubs for me is everything but like Billy Porter I right. I, I was yeah. bummed to not see yeah the Seems sort of trans women that, that make that and show and totally. the show itself not that's, get that that's a classic that's a classic Emmys sort of situation where they weren't the only person nominated first season was Billy Porter. And now that's just the person who will get nominated as long as the show is on mm-hmm. the air. It's the same thing that happened with Orange is the New Black with Uzo Aduba. And then mm-hmm. you had people mm-hmm. like Danielle Brooks giving the performance of a lifetime, the latter three seasons. And she was never recognized because I think it's what you were talking about earlier, Jack. These people, maybe they stop watching the show, but they remember the one, the goodwill mm, of, of still the season that they watched. Yeah. And right. so they're they still like, consider themselves a fan. exactly. And they're like, you know what? I, I know Billy Porter is still doing great work on that. I haven't watched exactly. it. I don't really know about these other actors. And so they just follow the precedent, which is sucks yes. in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, it's only, it's all speculation as to like who's voting for what and why. Right. <laughs> but um, there are obviously trends to look at with this like data. Yep. Yeah. And it's like yep. impossible to watch everything. Exactly. Completely. Exactly. You can't blame them. Yeah. In fact, I would I would consider voting for the Emmys to be a lot easier than voting for Emmy nominations. Yeah. For sure. Oh yeah, because then at least you have a short list of what to catch up on. Completely. True. I know. It's like, what do you even? Where do you even begin if you were an Emmy nominator? Yeah. I mean, truly, where do you begin? Yeah. I mean, and I get. I guess I knew this would be one of the big takeaways from our conversation. Is like, it really does call all the way, always come back to like. There's so much content. There's so <laughs> There's going to be people left out. It's going to be impossible to choose. You're going to have to do some repeat nominees. You're going to have to expand the category. All of these things are happening because there's so much. Which, hey, I'm that's, not a, to that's see not a bad thing. What next year's Emmys looks like with so many productions halted. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> seasons delayed. And like, are we going to have way less TV to watch? I don't think we're going to have any TV to watch. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's the, that's the next big uncertainty, right? It's like, 
what a brilliant transition to uh, the the year beyond. Like we have no idea how long lockdown is going to be. We have no idea how long production is going to be delayed. It is funny though that the way that TV production works at the 2021 Emmys are more affected by this global crisis right. than the 2020 Emmys. Exactly. And who knows? I guess I'm not asking like, when will this be over, guys? Because neither of you know. But... <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I have yes, a pretty, I am I a medical expert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no one knows. And I really, I don't know. I just kind of had a realization the other day of like, are we going to get any new television in 2021? Like, mm. I don't know. Like, literally, we're all going to be live tweeting episodes of Lost by like April because there's just <laughs> right. nothing new to watch. We don't know. The Emmys yeah, for, for like reruns. Yeah. Oh, there's an idea. Or yeah. it'll be like the, it'll be like, not to go back to RuPaul's Drag Race, but it'll be Emmy's All-Stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars yeah. will just pit old shows <laughs> Literally. against each other. Old shows that didn't win that maybe should have oh, against each that. other. <laughs> it's going to be Jennifer Aniston versus Deborah Messing versus Sarah Jessica Parker. Like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Elizabeth actually... Moss can finally win her Mad Men Emmy. <laughs> yeah, there you oh. go. I mean, speaking of... Pour one out. The leftovers can win Emmys. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the oh, thing. Oh, you guys, we should produce this show. This sounds great. I mean, I will literally get Carrie Coon on the phone in five Carrie Coon. <laughs> Moss. Yeah, so oh Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss, I will say, was not nominated for The Handmaid's Tale this year. She a lot of not. a lot of other nominations, though, for the show, including Best Drama, including for mm-hmm. uh, Bradley Whitford, Samira Wiley, but no nomination for Ms. Moss. It had its moment, and it also had its moment, like, right after trump was elected and i mean if you guys if ever if everyone had a dollar for every time you know people mm. people said like it's it's just like real life or like you know that sort of stuff in 2016 totally. like um but yeah no i'm excited it, you know succession is gonna come in there it's it's time for a new for new blood i'm excited to see a, someone a new. trump-esque show in a different way exactly no oh my gosh truly, completely exactly and i'm excited to to see what these sort of new new Emmys look like. Me too, yeah. Um, a question, do you, either of you know about this rule? Because looking at the actual PDF of the actual list, as you pointed out, like Elizabeth Moss' name isn't there because uh, it says, I think this was a recent rule change where like if you're a producer on the show, mm. then your name is included. And when you and when that show wins, you win an Emmy. Yeah. And so one of the pointers I had was like, Reese Witherspoon was up for six Emmys mm. this year? Six. That makes sense. So producing producer. and starring in Little Fires Everywhere, Big Little Lies, and The Morning Show. I forgot um, that she was... She was nominated for she none. She produces everything she's in, which she is yes. good for her. She's queen of TV now, which I am so here for. Yeah. She's also... Mm-hmm. She wasn't nominated unless you count Little Fires Everywhere nomination for limited series. So I don't know if that officially counts if her name is not on the official it's always It's always a sort of like asterisk situation yeah. like i mean brad pitt won his what was, his, his technically like yeah he won technically i think his Moonlight. first oscar it was right. his first oscar this past year but he also had i think two for producing before moonlight he produced yeah so yeah. i mean and 12 years a slave i think he has an oscar for 12 years a slave. yeah there's like a cutoff thing and i'm pretty sure the emmys changed it because i think julia louis dreyfus was it was something like she's been nominated for producing except for the first year where they said the show can win but individual producers do not mm. which i think is a little silly because like veep wouldn't have happened without julie you know little fires everywhere doesn't happen without reese witherspoon so right so anyway. is elizabeth moss nominated 
is my main That's concern. The thing. I think in our minds, we can say that, yes, she was, because she made that series happen and it's nominated for Best Drama, so. All right, we're back in the game, baby. <laughs> cool. Yes. <laughs> Oh, well, man. okay. This is amazing. Um, thank you, guys. We should wrap up. What else do we? What else was on your list of of notes, of gut reactions, of takeaways? What are, What are we thinking? Um, Zendaya. Oh yes, <gasps> we have to. talk I about I was that. Laverne Gosh. Cox reading Zendaya's name. <laughs> yeah. When okay, she just yes. like that's broke <laughs> and yelled Zendaya's name, I think that's. I mean, I'm shocked. There's uh, euphoria is a lot, but. Zendaya really yeah. carries that show. Euphoria is weird, a and also it's a it's a strange way. show that premiered last summer, which was working yeah. against it as usual. As right? always, I mean that's why. Just not. I have to touch on all my points, so here we go. That's why Amy Adams didn't win for <laughs> Sharp Objects last year because that show was already a full year old by last sure. Emmy nominations. The summer, recency the bias. summer bias, or yeah, the recent. I bias. think that will yeah. hurt like Stranger Things this year, and I think mm, it kind of did. Crown. I'm fine with that. You know who else I really want to shout out um, is uh, Paul Meskel for Normal People. Oh, yeah. Um, that show was one of the most devastating things I've seen in my life. And it was just the core of it was these pr- two performances by these two young actors. I mean, it was Paul Meskel and uh, huh. Daisy Edgar-Jones, who was also incredible. And I'm so happy to I see. I got to check it out. Oh, my yeah. God. First of all. It's amazing. I've been putting it off because I don't want to be devastated. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> I'm like not in the emotional headspace to watch it. It's incredible. So and I will say, Jamie, you're going to have to bleep me. But the fucking on this show, crazy. <laughs> it's just all about, <laughs> that's also, it's all about crying uh, and, and uh, yeah. sex. I've been home with my mom recently and we've been watching TV together. And I was like, we can't watch this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we watched there Mrs. America instead. Off limits, yeah, totally. I would watch totally. that one, uh, not with mom, not with mom or or little sister. <laughs> I don't know, whatever else. I yeah, we watched you. we watched Mrs. America and Little Fires Everywhere, which seems like the right the right mom shows. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's on my list too. Yeah, I watched that one too. I mean, good year for TV. Great year for TV, actually. I will Definitely. say, great year Definitely. for TV. Uh, just TV acting. Just some of these performances are just stellar. Are just some of the yeah. best acting i mean look at that supporting actress drama leg- we have category. we haven't even said meryl streep's name yet meryl imagine being julia garner like reigning winner and then meryl <laughs> streep's 40 nominated. minutes into this and we haven't brought up meryl streep like, that's so wild that's a crime um i shout out to also to betty gilpin yeah i always want her to win speaking of a show that that premiered way last summer, but season three... I think three, of her singing Home on the Range. Yes, yeah, season constantly. three of Glow was stunning. And that was like, it was so upped its game from seasons one and two. But I think, as as we were saying, it's sort of an example of like Betty Gilpin made the cut as the yep. one actor who's being nominated. But what an ensemble. It's yeah. such a beautiful ensemble. Oh my God. Anyway. I love Betty Gilpin though. At least one yeah. Nurse Jackie star is getting Emmy nominated. Uh, as Merritt Weaver's right. not. Betty Gilpin is such a star and she is only, <laughs> it's only rising. Totally, totally. Like, she yeah. will get nominated for an Oscar in our lifetimes, for sure. <gasps> yes. I'm just saying it. And so will Zendaya. Like, I'm looking at this list. I like, can so only will Zendaya. Hope. And so will... Um... Uh, just so many We already great... talked about Helena Bonham Carter and how fabulous Helena Bonham Carter is. I love Sarah Snook, of course, friend of the podcast. Two-time Oscar winner Marshall Ali is in there. Like... Oh, yeah. I mean, there's just... Laura there's just Dern. crazy names in Laura here. Dern. And we're just lucky to be alive to <laughs> watch them. <laughs> There you um, go. It's very true. What a beautiful note to end on. Um, <laughs> thank you both. 
for joining us, for joining this podcast. Yeah, um, thanks for having us. Thanks for letting me talk about television, which I was going to do anyway. <laughs> exactly. We might as well record it. And yeah. you guys, this really was like, this isn't just us gabbing. There's certainly us gabbing, but <laughs> you guys are experts. You guys are experts at this. It's nice so. to actually just like be putting it to use rather than like tweeting <laughs> about it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I still yes. did and will do, but rather than yelling yeah, into the yeah. void, Just tweeting about Tony Shalhoub, Tony Shalhoub, Tony Shalhoub. Now I get to talk about it. Exactly. Well, that's actually good. We, maybe we should link to both of your uh, your Twitter profiles too in this episode. <sighs> if you insist, your funeral. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah. So uh, listeners, follow these two on Twitter. Follow backstage, of course, on Twitter, and stay tuned for more Emmys coverage and exclusive interviews with Emmy nominees. <laughs> okay, thank you, Katie. Thank you, Casey. This is great. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Tony Shalhoub. Thanks, Jack. In the Envelope is recorded at Lotus Productions and Hyperbolic Audio in New York City and Soundbox LA, Mark Grouse Studios, and Buzzies in Los Angeles. Thanks as always to our producer extraordinaire, Jamie Muffet, and to the team at Backstage, Samantha Sherlock, Mark Stinson, Caitlin Watkins, and of course, Casey Howe. Visit Backstage.com, and don't forget, you can subscribe to Backstage by using the code ENVELOPE at checkout for a free trial. That's right, 100% free. For more exclusive content, join us on Facebook and Twitter at In The Envelope, and subscribe, share, and leave a comment. Would you like us to interview next? Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time for another glimpse in the envelope. <laughs>